Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt All right! Episode 166 of Shirt Show! We're talking with Patrick from Green Design and Print in Arizona. Hey there, sexy. I realized I was sitting in the preview for five minutes and I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. I got to let myself in. Well, it's been a little bit, I feel like. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. What day is it? Are we in 2023? I don't, I don't even fucking. Time's irrelevant, dude. It's a construct. You say yeah, that. It is. Yeah. Um, I watched. Uh, do you ever watch the Y files on YouTube? Never heard of it. It's like a sci fi like show where this guy dives deep into these like um like theories and uh i don't know like all this stuff there was one i watched the other day that was on uh simulation theory like that we live in a simulation oh yeah like and it was pretty fucking awesome and pretty fucking convincing and i was like god damn it i believe like in the matrix type of thing like we're plugged in kind of it's just basically i'm gonna fuck this up but it basically just says that like at some point there's uh, an intelligence that could be us that mm -hmm. basically gets to a point with like AI and all this other stuff that we have the computing power to be like, all right, well, we're just going to make a simulation of how this would all go down and then just let it run. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of do our own thing and make our own simulation. And then I just eventually like snowballs mm -hmm. into all these alternate simulations or whatever. And it's just like, it's just super interesting. And just, well, I need to like, well, nothing matters. Just fucking YOLO every day. We and, need to uh, be able to hack into the simulation and write some code so that I'm on a yacht. Like with my flippy floppies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, well, that's what they I'm, were saying. That's mm -hmm. what they're saying is like you create your own reality to a degree because it's kind of like a video game. Like the world isn't rendered. You're rendering what's in front of you. Bullshit. So just think it. Well, I would make my back better right now. Here we go. Let's try this. Okay, I'm going to render. My back you feels got good. It. You got this. Hold on. <laughs> wow, it worked. Yeah, just think um, it. Positive vibes, this. dude. It's power look of positive vibes. Oh, that fucking thing is so sweet. Is it stretchy? Yeah, so we got two different sizes. One for big dick Uterus. energy. Right, big yeah, dick I'm going to need that here. one. I'm going to have to tie and two together. So that's a little case. big energy for you. I told her that, you know, and, mm -hmm. and my co-host, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. But we got, so yeah, we have two sizes. Okay. 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 okay cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, the, you know, like we're a couple of days away, which is so, I don't know, it's crazy to think. And I will see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. So stoked. I'm already a little bit, I was going to say mm -hmm. something, but I should. You're like a halfy. Okay. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's a little more than half. Nice. Um, actually, dude, we're, we're all set. Like reservations, Olive Garden, it's all set. Like all the breadsticks. That, that's the yeah. trick. I, that's I don't mm -hmm. think all any of these other event coordinators have figured out is that you just have the dinner at Olive Garden mm -hmm. and then you really only buy an appetizer and then it's just unlimited breadsticks for everybody. Yeah. So it's so such a cheap, easy dinner. Yeah, Joanne told me the other day that she lived, you know, she grew up in Grand Forks 
North Dakota and Fargo, which is like an hour away, got an Olive Garden and they drove there to go out to eat. And then all they would order was the salad, you know, like a, and the breadsticks. A, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Just all day. <laughs> is she saying talking about it in the background? <laughs> did, you, did you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was a, a thing. One <laughs> first thing I've never been to Olive Garden before. No. Never been. <laughs> that's, that's there's impossible. one in my like in the city, like near me. I've just never been. What a loser. Why would you go there? Uh, well, you just have to go, of course. I mean, it you wasn't have like always... authentic fucking mom and papa, like mama, fucking Italian places. Why would you go to a fucking Olive Garden? Uh, it, it is authentic. That's why. I mean, it ha they have Alfredo. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, an Italian dressing on that salad, you know it. Italian. And mm -hmm. secondly, I got to watch maybe 10 minutes of Joanne's uh Printavo podcast. Today. It's out. Hey, it's your out. Printavo podcast is out. She just said, fuck. I know. I watched it and I was like, Joanne. Mm. You so you watched how much of it? I watched like 10 minutes of it. He watched 10 minutes of it. And, and I had to says, shut it off because it was terrible. <laughs> he said it was so great that he <laughs> he wanted to keep watching, but we had the show. So later, mm -hmm. later. The funny thing is, is I watched this is going to sound super conceited, but I watched like mm -hmm. I flipped through like slightly because I want to I want to watch the whole thing tonight because I'm going to be at work. I got things I got to do before I come see you. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to breeze through it real quick. And the two times that I went through, they were asking her questions about us. No. Yeah. <laughs> and They're like, what's was... it like to sit next to Andy and listen to him do the number two industry podcast or whatever? And she's like, no comment. Yeah. She was like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I wish I was sitting next to you guys instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, I've got something else to show you. We're running a little bit behind. Um, Check this thing out. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. <laughs> yours is sexy mine is too mine's a zebra you mean it's got stripes yeah it's white with stripes it's a zebra mine's a, mine's a unicorn you know what that means um but also got all the candy all of this sugar-free he knows i'm on a dude did you I'm, try it of course not i'm not eating any of this there we tr we all tried it as a shop and it's all fucking gross as hell <laughs> that's so terrible to say uh brian look uh so he knew full fucking well he knew full well like i love the sentiment like i have the video i have to post it still mm -hmm. but i had everyone from the shop try it and it's like so here it's just candy from what is it fucking mexican candy or something but here's the thing, uh, Brian from Duds by Dudes was so nice. He sent us a pinata, some San Diego stuff, you know, and this candy. And then yeah. I got this card and he says, really nice. It's right here. So he has really nice <laughs> thing. And the pinata, you don't know this, but it it like is alive. <laughs> and um, and he says, thanks for having me on the podcast today. Nice to have a little industry chat. He says, your shop is way better than upstate. Oh, I shouldn't read that part now. But um, it's cool, right? Like, it's a really nice... So he lied thing. to your face in a card. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Well, we we all know. But First of all, it, first of all, I super appreciate it. It's awesome. It's in my... The pinata is in my office. It's never going away. 
the candy I wanted people in the shop to try, yeah. but it's not fucking candy, dude. It's like spicy. It's candy. It's not candy. Ready to stretch? Mm-hmm. I think I told you last week that I got my results from my uh, scans and they basically just told me I need to stretch more and go to physical therapy. So, I mean, this this is my weekly stretch, you know, this is my, Mm -hmm. I get my stretch in with Frank and uh, I'm all good. I'm healed. I talked to Frank yesterday. I can't wait to talk to him. He's pretty upset with you. So don't. I'm sure he is. Well, he, he says you haven't called him back in three months. I know. I, I wouldn't do that to him. <laughs> Bring it home. Boop, 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 Frank. I'm sorry, Frank. I love you. As I, I'm just, I'm just an asshole. I'm just blanking out. You're gonna have a you. lot of making up you. to do. I think. Um, I hope a weekend. lot of making out to do. It all starts with the screen, and whether it is new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com. F F F F F Rank.com. Or. Greatestfuckingscreens.com. Oh, I like that you put the est in there. It is. You felt, almost, you, you, you felt guilty. And so I you're do. adding, yeah, you're trying to add in there to work. <laughs> I, I, you're working it. I see. I'm kissing ass right now. No, he'll, he'll notice that too. Mm-hmm. Um, cleaning screens is no fun, but EasyWay makes it way more funner. Their line of eco-friendly chemicals will make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier. Check them out at easyway.com. EasyWay. It's the easiest way. I called Alex yesterday just to, no, he called me. I got yeah. that backwards. I, talked I was to him like, too. okay, whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. And he called me first and he, I answered and I said, hello. And he goes, are you at some bougie restaurant right now? Because everybody apparently thinks I eat at bougie restaurants, but I said, no, actually I'm eating Costco quesadillas. That's what I, I was love doing. Costco. Yeah. Who doesn't? Mm-hmm. Um, if you or your art department could use some love, then you need to go to 1900hotstuff.com and get in touch with Nick or Lucas or Nick or Lucas at Graphics Source and let them run your art department so you can focus on running your entire business. <laughs> Choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated, and that's why we love Chromaline. Go to chromaline.com to watch Kev's vids Kev's or contact is. him on Instagram at the Emulsion Guru and get the answers you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. So if you're not using DTF or screen print transfers in your shop, then you are a moron. We have partnered with Howard Custom Transfers to get you the transfers you need fast. So check them out at howardct.com. The best. Best. The bestest. Yeah, bestest. I feel like I so, should call Frank right now. I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting. I'm going to make you call him right now. All right. I'll call him. Mm -hmm. I'm going to text him not to answer. Hold on. Don't call yet. Don't. Don't you dare. Hold on. Don't you dare. (laughs) Well, I don't have to. He won't answer anyway. He's pretty pissed off. He's pretty. I fucking hope not. P.O.'d. Look at that. One ring he fucking picked (laughs) up. Absolutely. See, after the me, I know, and I'm so sorry I haven't called you in a while. I love you <laughs> to, to death, Frank, and I'm gonna give you the biggest fucking bear hug tomorrow. <laughs> Are you coming in tomorrow or Friday? No, get there Friday. You actually Friday just morning. not coming at all. You want to just come? <laughs> you want to just do something with me instead? 
Yeah, what are you going to hang out and do? I don't know. Whatever you want. Anything's better than Shurkong. <laughs> I don't know about that. And, and you gotta like it. Yeah, he's right here. He's listening. I just, I was, yeah, I, I just said I needed to hang out. I needed to call you because no, it's no. been a while. I said that yeah, you haven't yeah. called him back for telling I mean, the real story. I wasn't holding my breath. Yeah, I know. You would have been dead a long time ago. Well, you have big lungs. You're a big guy. You might have, you might have survived. <laughs> Uh, what are you guys doing? Are you down there already? No, we're recording, and then I leave oh, tomorrow morning. Very nice, very nice. Well, yeah, I just wanted good. to call you and tell you I loved you, and I'll see you in a day. All right, thanks, brother. All right, dude, I'll see you later. See, my fucking the love of that man. Well, you you do that. You wrong him too many times, and he won't. He won't. I've never. On- I've never wronged him. I just mm-hmm. forgot to call him back. Is all. Okay. Well, that's wrong. It's called the yeah, wrong. It's true. It is. Dylan, today we are chatting with Patrick Foley from Cream Design and Print located in Tucson, Arizona. Is that how you pronounce that? Tucson? It's, uh, Tucson. Tucson, yeah. We know. Okay. He's just a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people spell it with the T-U-S-C-O-N and... Uh, mm. A lot of people actually make a merch that says that when they try to come sell it. Oh, really? I try to collect any misspelled Tucson merch I can. That's awesome. Where are you in the shop right now? I'm in our fulfillment area. It's uh, one of the coolest places in our shop. What's this sick fucking pink room on the right? Oh, pink room is actually our break room. And uh, (laughs) we have a dehumidifier that when it's humid and we have the monsoons going it it'll pull like two gallons of water out of a day and so i've started using it to hydroponically grow some plants <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's in that other room there's a a, a little hydroponic setup the, the grow lights yeah mm-hmm. i always think it's funny like you drive through a town oh i live in a small town but you drive through a town at like one in the morning or something and you see these houses with all the lights off but there's always that one room that's oh, like uh-huh. bright pink or something like that uh-huh. like, they're, yeah. gr- they're growing some yeah mm-hmm. special stuff in there we we have uh mainly lettuce nothing nothing too special going <laughs> the devil's mm. lettuce yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> so what's going on dude how's uh how's the shop right now how's life uh life is good have shop's doing good we're doing we're in our normal downtime during the summer mm-hmm. and so that is when we kind of ramp up our um brand releases for cream merch to make up for um print schedule being slow so that's mm-hmm. what we're working on now which is always fun do you sell a lot of that stuff yeah we do um pretty good the, yeah the i think the brand has grown a lot um, and has really helped, you know, at least with our print shop being more prominent in social media and stuff like that. And that's, that's what I did before starting the print shop is I had my own clothing brand and that's kind of how I got into screen printing. Um, mm-hmm. so that's was, always been a passion of mine. Was it always called cream? Um, no, the brand I had before it was called cream was called, uh, carne and queso. It was like some pretty... <laughs> outlandish surreal weird stuff yeah that's awesome 
Is your, mm -hmm. so you're mentioning you're in a little bit of a slow season. Are you affected by college? I mean, I guess Tucson has yeah, a pretty yeah. big campus or. Yeah, it's a pretty big campus, pretty big uh, community of college kids. And the main thing that we get affected by is the local shops that have college kids as clients. Um, so it's not like, like we don't print many things for the university itself, but like just all the surrounding businesses in Tucson, um, during this summer, there's not a lot of tourists coming. And also there's without all the college kids there, you know, coffee shops aren't going to be popping and selling merch as much. Um, I think a lot of people in Tucson kind of build that into their schedule. A lot of places close down for a month or two, go on summer break. Mm -hmm. um, we use it as a time to kind of retool the shop, clean, stuff like that. And then we uh, release our Tucson Summer Fun Club merch, which is always a big merch drop for us. Tucson Summer Fun Club? Yeah, which started as like an inside joke with friends when... We were in our 20s. We'd sneak into pools and have parties and just be like, we're the Tucson Summer Fun Club. <laughs> uh, so that's grown into something that more, it's just one of our releases we do each year with a bunch of kind of like summer Tucson themed things for people who live here, but also a lot of people order stuff used to live here or yeah, other places. So we used to do some of that as teenagers mm -hmm. as uh also but we would jump the fence into like private like at your house yeah that type uh -huh. of pool. oh you, wow okay you mean like public pools you would go do this uh, usually or like uh apartment complexes where it's a little or like a, a hotel where it's a little you know once they ask you if you're a guest mm -hmm. or what room you're in <laughs> andy was just b and e yeah yeah b and e yeah <laughs> i mean that's <laughs> I think I've done that. I definitely have done that, but usually it's like, Hey, our neighbor's out of town for three months, you know, and then <laughs> start they come back in. and their, their pool is just destroyed. Yeah. Just a ton uh -huh. of Snickers floating on top of the water. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever done a, a, a pool B and E and the people are inside and came running out? Yeah. Well, like they turn on the lights, you know, to the back. Oh like, yeah. Uh -huh. Like what the fuck? It was usually at night, you know? And so yeah, okay. it was the eighties and you were had and a lot less risk of being murdered or something because of Andy, it. But, Andy always uh -huh. skinny dipped. And then when they turned the lights on, they saw what he was working with and we're like, just let him go. He's got enough problems in life. So he never got arrested. <laughs> it was fun. Though. Like, you know, we did all kinds of stupid shit. So did you Dylan, when you were young for oh, whatever too, reason, too you just thought that, many yeah were, i thought i was immortal for one like nothing i never got hurt everything was fine didn't get in trouble you would mm -hmm. just run really fast like if they came out you were gone i don't know it was mm -hmm. just so easy those were we were living back then yeah. how do we do how do we get back there <laughs> how do we do more arson yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think it was yeah pre-social media too like mm. if i was in high school i probably would have been filming all the stuff I was doing and getting immediately in trouble when I'm right. uploading it to, yeah. Dylan, maybe it's time to take this M down. We should no. Wild. Oh, we're uh, wild now. Flip it over. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's time. I don't know. There was so much shit when we were younger that was just like, mm -hmm. it, we, we talked about before about that, that meme that we had seen, but I see them all the time now where it's like, look, not a cell phone in sight. And it's like, 
people sword fighting to the death or whatever. Yeah. It's, just uh-huh. like, <laughs> it's just the stupid shit we did to like, I don't know, just there's that other video of that kid, these two kids playing or whatever. And this one kid takes his bike and throws it off a bridge. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just throwing bikes in the river. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is happening? Um, so speaking of B and E, that's uh-huh. kind of a big thing with you, right? Yeah. What, uh, what happened there? What's the story? We had a, um, well, a few people break into our building around 9 p.m. And uh, our last employee left at 8.30 p.m. So I don't know if they were watching the building, but it's possibly. um, They, I think the first thing that happened is our camera in the back of our shop was stolen, which I had placed within reach of someone, which is pretty stupid should have put it up higher. Um, and then we had no cameras inside our building and we had one in the front when you enter. Um, but our neighbor has cameras all around his building or he's, I mean, we're in like a a complex, but he's right next to us. So all the footage I have is from his building showing this guy kind of coming, traversing the building, leaving, and then they come back, I think around 1 a.m. and just start carting stuff away. And they- what, uh, what, are, what were they taking? What did they get? They took a lot of our inventory that we have um, for So they're our just online. really big fans then? Really big fans. And they, they took a lot of screen printing equipment that I would- like they took spiff gun pressure washers. Like they obviously didn't take our presses because they're too big or drier, but just kind of loaded up boxes of stuff that I can't imagine has too much of a resale value to anyone not in the screen printing industry. Yeah. Um, So let me get this straight. They, this person came at nine o'clock and took the camera down. That's what I assume because we also have a train behind our building and that camera is set to be, um, it's a, a blink camera. And so you can set the, uh, like it's how, motion or something. Yeah. How much motion will trigger it. And it's set pretty low, but if you stand in front of it and move a little bit, it'll turn on and there's no video footage from that camera. And the next day it was gone. And, uh, from our neighbor's camera, we could see this guy coming at nine, going to the back of our building, doing something, leaving, and then coming back with a couple people at around 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And they were able to get our roll-up door up. And there's like some evidence of like kind of prying it, like bending it upward somewhat. But I honestly don't know how they were able to get the roll-up door up. Uh, we didn't have locks on it, but we have a bolt or we didn't have it's got the slide locks thing, on right? it. Yeah, the slide thing. And then there's the chain that wraps around like a hook. Yeah. Um, so we had that secured and somehow they were able to get the roll up gate. Uh, so now that little slide thing, we have a locked lock on it and lock the chain to that hook. So 
I want to ask you real quick about yeah. the the blink cameras because I have yeah. I've had two different camera systems here. The first one yeah. I just hated the um like the system. You know, it's like some mm-hmm. made in China like yeah. log into this kind of thing. It was just very not user friendly. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'll get these blink ones because they seem good. It's got to have like it just goes to your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be pretty good. My problem with them is sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Like. I'll have a yeah. whole day where nothing gets recorded at all. Yeah. And then I'll totally. have a day where it's like every 15 seconds. Like the shop one is like every whatever, three minutes or five minutes. Mm-hmm. It does like a 20 second clip or something. But like I have some out here on the dock that are like people walking by and it'll be a whole day with like no footage at all. And I'm like, yeah, what's going on with this thing? I, I have definitely had similar um, issues with it. We also use it as a doorbell. And for some reason, there is like a five minute delay between people pushing the doorbell and getting a phone alert. So it is absolutely annoying being in the back of the shop. And when I hear it on my phone, I know someone's like at the front doorbell and maybe someone's not yeah. in their front office to answer it. I, um, I think I think something I want to do at some point is I just need to hire somebody locally and be like, can you just like install a system? Here. Yeah. So when you say sure. system, just... do you mean video and also security? Because that's what, so we have that. I you honestly know, don't have... care about the security part. Why? I just want the footage. I know you have the baseball bat deal, you know, and that's your security. I don't want but... the authorities to know because I want to do the murdering. Ah. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to do the detective work on my own. Yeah, I, I tried to. I did some detective work for our um, after our break in. It's pretty, pretty exciting. So what did you find out? Um, so there's, there's like a group of homeless people, houseless people down the street, um, that live near the train tracks. So a couple people were like, it had to be those people that did it. And, um, I'm like, oh. well, th- there'd be some evidence of that happening. So I went down there and hung out and talked to people and like, I an absolutely thought no way any of the people strung out down there had anything to do with it and i saw no evidence of anything like i would recognize a shop towel with plastisol ink on the ground or you know uh, i saw no no evidence of it after a couple of days of driving around and trying to See, find my any, thing yeah. my thing with your theft was if they stole a shitload of your merch wouldn't you like see it somewhere and be like where'd you buy this from or yeah and that's i have gone to the uh swap meet that's like the most there's a big swap meet here. I was like, if if you have a bunch of random stuff and clothing, like where else are you going to sell it but the swap meet? Have not seen it there. Um, I, I have no idea where you would. I've looked on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist. I've seen nothing come up. That's what happened a, to TC. Did you know that, Dylan? Yeah. TC got broken in twice, and then he saw. What was it? The, the I think somebody was wearing some of that merch at, at a spirit wear merch or something like that at school at one of his some school there. And that's how they found the people. I want to say that's it went down something like that. Tony oh, has really? security issues, too. And so that's why I brought up the, the fact yeah. of, you know, after something like this happens, didn't you obviously you feel violated and people were in your totally. your store. It's mm-hmm. what else did they take? And it could have been worse. You know, they could have destroyed your presses and been an asshole or whatever. Or that um, employee could have still been there when they broke in. And then it true. Went. Totally. Yeah. That is even um, the first person that got here, got here walking through the dark building, turning on lights and they went to the back and the, the, our 
they saw that the um, roll-up door was open. Mm -hmm. And so they immediately called me and I was freaking out thinking like, there might be someone still in the building. Like, I have no idea what time, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, So have you, has it motivated you to get a security system, you know, because so it's not that much monthly. We have not. I've been still looking into it. We've gotten two more cameras that are inside our building. So if anyone broke into our building, they would be on camera if they came in through the back or the front. Um, And we are looking at alarm systems that would enable us to, if there's any type of break in, we would be alerted to that. we have two windows in front in the roll-up door, one door in front, a door in back. So just been shopping around trying to figure out what alarm system and company makes sense. I think you're the cheapest you guys, route with stuff like that is to go with motions. I mean, yeah, you can get contacts. Yeah. They're wireless. Oh, okay. So like we have, yeah. I would say that we have one, two, maybe we have a handful of contacts. So if you open a door... Uh-huh. Um, that's a zone, right? And it's wireless. So it's not like you have to yeah. run a wire. In the old days, you'd have to run a wire back to your like central, back to your keypad uh-huh. and all that stuff. It's wireless. And then the main thing is, is just to get motions up. And so we have probably six motion detectors throughout our shop uh-huh. and it's all zoned. And if there's any motion, which it happens sometimes and it's like a spider or whatever, you know, and so it'll say mm-hmm. like, if it's just a motion, sometimes I just look at the yeah. cameras and I'm like, I don't see anybody in there don't send the police. Let's say mm-hmm. I get a call at midnight or whatever. Like, Hey, we, we got an alarm mm-hmm. going off my first of all, I'm texts. Then they call, but I don't clear yeah. it. And then they say, we have a motion going off. And I know that it's a, or sorry, we have an alarm going off. And if it's a motion, it's less likely it's somebody that's breaking in, even though that can still happen. Uh, I see. Um, yeah, but yeah, for sure. The cheapest way to do it, I would say is just to throw a few motion detectors in there. And then spend, mm-hmm. I would call it 50 ish dollars a month to have a company uh, monitor it and at all times. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, then you, and then also our, our alarm here is so loud. Like if you don't key in your code within 30 seconds, mm-hmm. you go, you go deaf. Like we've had a few people here, including oh. myself. Yeah. It's that loud. It's crazy loud. There's no That's way you want to be in our building or anywhere near our building when the alarm goes off. And so you get the hell out. The funny I thing think is, about the like, uh, alarm being a deterrent itself. Yeah. Mm. Just loud and obnoxious. Have you seen the thing? Did we talk about this before? But there's a a, um, a reel going around right now where somebody breaks in a house and I think it's um, Alexa. Yeah, where uh, it turns red and says you made a bad decision or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. it's like you like fucked you, up i've not you seen picked, that because you fucked up you picked the wrong house yeah <laughs> and then, and then like uh, doom, doom mode where it's it goes like, uh it's like <laughs> let the bodies hit the floor uh song yeah. comes on or something yeah mm-hmm. so you can set that up wow yeah yeah you're really getting my mind working on uh some like home alone type devices oh, that could yeah, be set sure. up to funny thing is we have these some, like plastisol cannon we have these cameras and like they're they could be used for whatever but the only thing we've used them for is to make fun of employees like someone (laughs) slips in the parking lot and eats it hard or someone Uh does something in the shop that just was like super dumb or whatever it's always like hey let's look back at the camera and like watch them do that over and over again (laughs) it's never been anything Mm -hmm. like worthwhile other than that 
Um, but I do I feel the, like the front door I camera to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've scared my mom with the shop one twice. Cause she'll be here by herself mm-hmm. on the weekend cleaning. And then I'll be like, say something in a super creepy voice or something in the camera. And she's like, what the f-? but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I just, it makes me feel better knowing that they're there and that I can check them from anywhere. And mm-hmm. I, I just need to get a better one. Like right now it works. It's just not as good as I think it could be, but I guess moral of the story is, so you didn't, they didn't catch who, who broke in. No. And we have the video footage that was all submitted. Um, the video footage isn't great. I think the security system, which is was pretty in-depth that our neighbor has, was installed probably like 20 years ago or something. It's it's not the best video quality. Um, but did your, what did you guys do? Like as an owner, did you just tell everybody like, hey, sorry, this happened. We're just going to move on. Like, was anybody like worried or freaked out or? Yes. And like immediately got more cameras um, set up. If anyone's here alone at, or. That would be my biggest concern is yeah. making sure nobody's ever at the shop by themselves anymore. Yeah, for sure. So that that's something that we have had people come in alone either early or stay late. And so that's now something that we make sure no one is here alone in the morning or at night. And that just involves coordinating with people to make sure if you want to come in early, I'm sure someone else does well. Um, buddy system. Yeah. Buddy system. I'm, I still come in on the weekend, but I've honestly stopped coming in at nighttime. Um, just for own fear of being here alone. Yeah. yeah we also sucks. have a, uh, some kind of pyromaniac in the area as well, who lights garbage cans on fire. So Seems cool that we yeah. were just talking about that, you know, doing stupid shit. It's probably just some kid just. It's that fun. man. I thought that, but we, we had our, we had like, I think one recycling can, three garbage cans, I think three separate times, all of them were lit on fire and melted to the ground. Could be a kid, but hmm. probably a kid with pyromania. Cause it's, it's just seems like, and it's happening all around downtown Tucson. Oh, weird. Is it just so hot? Yeah, actually, the break in like made me not think about that for a bit. And it honestly felt like kind of a relief to. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. How about insurance wise? Because honestly, I don't know what my. Yeah, I think our policy is in the deductible range of 1500. I'm going to check because I don't know. I want to say it's probably 1500 or 2000. And I should know this. Yeah. Um, But what about insurance? Did you have you changed? So we have still not received any insurance money hmm. and in still in dialogue with the insurance company to get compensation. And there is, they've been very slow with their responding. Insurance to companies never want to pay. They never want to yeah. pay. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think yeah, so we're we're still in that process. It took us uh, a full week, I think, to inventory and go through what was stolen and what merch was actually gone. And so I was hoping after that week, <laughs> maybe at the end of the next week, it would we would get some kind of financial compensation. But it's taken way longer than I expected it to. It's pretty frustrating. 
But you guys um, are at least like mentally past it. You're more prepared. Yeah. And we, we did a GoFundMe to fund our immediate losses. And um, without that, I think I would have looked into taking a short-term loan probably with a high interest rate. Um, so kind of do having the GoFundMe and having like our community support us in that way, like got us through that. Like we were able to have the shop running within a couple of weeks without any um, hiccups. Um, was the funding just to replenish the inventory or was it just to overall? Yeah, like it was to replenish what was stolen for us. So that was also buying pressure washers, spiff guns, um, just a whole list of what we lost. We also, since they cleared out our inventory in any other situation where we were in some kind of financial pickle or something, we would probably do a sale on our merch, would probably encourage people to go to our online shop. But at that point, we had slim pickings in there just based on like what they had taken. And we are also, summer's our slow season and we had sunk a bunch of money into merch that we had just made to sell over the summer. And so a lot of that stuff got taken. Um, so it was right before we were going to get slow. We had spent a bunch of money on merch to sell, which we usually do to get through the slow summer. So it was like the worst possible moment for it to happen in a way. And so we, we, we had never done a GoFundMe before or, or anything kind of like that. And I was a little bit reticent to, do something like that um but it worked but out. yeah yeah it worked out and it was honestly an like for the different people on the team to be able to work on that it was nice because uh i think having like a project to deal with the break-in happening when it's violating and it's not just doing inventory to figure out what was stolen i think was um was nice to have that and having so much positive feedback from it. And, um, what did you give nice. for the, did you give like the rewards for like, no, we didn't do any rewards. It was just, just, Hey, if you have any money like to go towards to this, this, like we're in a bit of a pickle, here's the list of the stuff we lost. Um, yeah. That's cool. And I think cool. a lot of times some of our, you know, issues we have are internal and we don't, wear it on our sleeve or put it on social media like hey our flash dryer well like please help us you know that's just something as a business that we incur you know save up money so i i think i had been under don't necessarily like to help ask for help in that way but it was yeah. nice having all that feedback and um to know that people are there yeah to totally uh, even without you know offering any type of prize or you know stuff like that. Yeah. So can you step back from this a bit and tell us about cream, like how you got started and your yeah. story? Um, so I've been doing screen printing since high school, took a uh, brief foray into trying to do that as a business with a friend of mine. And, uh, we totally messed up our first order we got when I was in high school and it was for the it was like the young lawyers guild or some kind of thing for law students at ASU and all the text in their image was, was like Greek numerals, I believe. And we and totally 
Traded. You spelled, you, I was going to say you spelled Tucson wrong, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is actually in Phoenix. I lived in Phoenix oh. for a bit. Um, and we printed the shirts. We burned the screen in like inverted, printed all the shirts and gave, and he took them to him. And my friend was like a little bit of a crazy guy, hot headed. They were like, Hey man, we want a refund. And he refused. And so he came back to me. He's supposed to have payment was like, Hey, we're going to get sued by all these students at ASU. Um, so I was like, Oh man, I'm going back to doing this as a hobby. So it took me a long time to, um, kind of warm back up to the idea of turning that hobby into, um, a business, but that's what I ended up doing. Um, in 2016 is when I, um, stopped doing my clothing brand carne and queso and decided to start taking on clients doing, um, screen printing for other people. Were you getting um, people that were just inquiring to place orders and you were like, I don't really do that. I don't really yeah. Do that. I, I knew a lot of people who, um, kind of in a similar position. I had my own brand and I think I was dealing with a lot of print shops who mainly did clothing for sports teams and maybe other things like that, where they're not too worried about maybe color matching sometimes. Um, and the, I didn't really like the quality. Um, and so I was like, Hey, I'm, I have other people asking me cause they are just seeing the shirts that I'm putting out and they recognize there's some kind of quality there. And, um, so that's where I realized there's already like a market niche that I could be servicing, which is my friends and bands and other people trying to start their, um, their own clothing brand and locally there might not be that kind of level of quality that they're looking for. Right. You want to step find... it up a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where were you at that, at that point? Were you out of a garage or a house or did you have a I spot? was out of a garage. Yeah. I had a, um, kind of like a weird barn garage that someone had used, I think for, to park their RV in cause it already had, uh, an electrical hookup for 220. So that's like why I moved into the house. It was like, oh, I can screen print out of this weird, you know, funky garage building in back. And it, it's already hooked up with power. Um, and I, at the time, had a few Bitcoins. And so mm -hmm. I sold those for, I think, about in total, about $3,000, $4,000. And I bought used commercial screen printing equipment. And that was my my first foray into doing it for other people. Up until then, I think I had a four color Ryanet press and would use some other um, water-based inks and stuff. You, know? you were doing this all by yourself? I was doing it all by myself. And within a few weeks, my wife, um, we weren't married yet. So my fiance then um, was like, Hey, you have like 10 emails you need to respond to. And I was like, I know, but I got to print the jobs from the previous 10 people who already paid me. So she's like, why don't I start answering emails for you? And, um, that quickly became her taking over all our client communication, which enabled me to start taking, um, printing you, more and more jobs. Were you happy to hand that over? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I love talking to people. I love schmoozing. So I like maybe like what you might call more like the sales aspect of client communication, but, um, I, you like getting them in. You just don't like dealing yeah. with them once they're in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, mm, yeah, my wife was like, was able to lay the groundwork for a successful business. And then I was able to concentrate on the print shop and getting in clients that, um, I wanted to work with that were in my same, I guess like cultural community and bands and cool shops and stuff like that. So from there, you just slowly grew to what you are today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And using my previous job, I did social media, um, marketing and I did design work. So I think I was able to jump in using that. And I think in our kind of area, there, there was not that either. There wasn't like the cool hit print shot. Right. I was like, I gotta, I gotta make us this, the cool hit print shot of. Do you feel like, do you still do that now? Like, is that a focus of yours is to make sure you have a good social media. Cause that's a really weird topic for me right now because we were heavy in, and this is a conversation I literally had Mm -hmm. like four days ago. Yeah. It was like, we started on MySpace, Mm -hmm. and that was like a big deal back then of hitting people up. And then it was Facebook and then it was Instagram, whatever. And if you were to ask me, I don't know, even, four years ago, three years ago, probably four or five years mm-hmm. ago, I would say, oh yeah, 90% of our business comes from social media, like mm. Instagram, all sort of stuff. Like we're getting, cause we're in a small town and nationally yeah. people see us and they order online. And most of the people would say they saw us on Instagram. Interesting. Nowadays yeah. over the last three years or so, not mm-hmm. like none. Like I would say almost all of our business now is just relationships we already have or mm-hmm. word of mouth and just normal organic stuff. But I feel like social dropped so hard since yeah. like 2020, maybe a little mm-hmm. before. And I would say, yeah, we have a similar or I have like a, a similar experience and kind of unsure exactly why. Um, I think our, our brand keeps growing through social media for our, our our clothing brand and we put um money into that is that from instagram or from facebook it's mainly from instagram it's mainly from instagram but there's a different client which i mean some are the same that comes to us for their merch making needs and I have noticed less people coming to us for merch making needs that come from Instagram or social media in general, but are usually coming to us because they got a recommendation um, through yeah. word of mouth, something like that. So like my whole thing was we went through this weird fucking like pandemic and like all this stuff and mm-hmm. things have been so like up in the air of like, what are we doing? And then like, 2020 and 2021 we were slammed we were like you know everybody mm-hmm. else we were like oh we're like five weeks out six weeks out all this other stuff yeah. and then 22 23 it's like what the hell is going on like we're our turnarounds like seven business days all the time and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like just enough work coming in to where we can't complain too much and whatever else and over the last couple of months i've been like 
gathering a couple friends that I know are really good at like SEO and like Google ads mm-hmm. and like, in, like, you know, social media stuff or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I'm trying over these last two years to do more like working on the business marketing and um, just big picture stuff. And I've been doing a lot of traveling and all sorts of stuff. I was like, I don't have the capacity to pay as much attention to Facebook, Instagram, um, the website, stuff like that as I used to. Mm-hmm. I really want to. I like to. But I always feel like I get really motivated one week and I post a lot. And then the next week I kind of drop off to like not being consistent. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I finally, after all this time, came to terms with the fact of this is just like anything else with the business where you get to a point where you're like, I feel like what's best for the situation is for me to delegate this. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. delegated it to these new people. And now I have people like doing the website, the Facebook, the Instagram and like all the Google stuff. And it's like. I've noticed over the last two weeks, like a pretty hefty incline in attention and inquiries and leads, Mm -hmm. like all this other stuff. So I'm like, fuck, like I should have done this a while ago. Like I know everything's a pay to play now, basically. Are you sure though? Have you, how can you track that it's actually converting from Instagram or, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm getting the leads, like I'm getting constant email leads daily now of like, this person hit us up, this person wants this. We hadn't, we didn't have that before. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Like we were basically down to zero people on Instagram being like, hey, I want to place an order. And now like, since I've been doing this, I've been having almost like a couple a day Hmm. where it's like, oh, they're interested in doing something or just even on Instagram and stuff doing outbound, like DMing breweries or other companies or whatever like we're getting replies Mm -hmm. um i just haven't been doing it for so long that now i'm like well fuck i think i think the new wave to do this is to hire someone who's dedicated and do actually pay to play yeah and we i uh, hired someone internally that already worked at the company that was handling some of our responses on our Instagram, her name's Alyssa, and she has taken over running, I think our social media for the past year and has been doing a great job at it. Um, And that was me realizing that I needed to delegate that um, so I can concentrate on other things, but also I needed someone who was um, keeping up on what is actually working on social media, which is something I right. wasn't. Well, that was my biggest problem. And, yeah, right. You know. Well, that was my biggest problem is for years and years, I did upstate as me. Mm-hmm. Like when people DM me, on yeah. upstate, they knew it was me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And then it got to a point where basically a little while before I got divorced that I was like, I just want to do uh, like, I, I find myself posting more and more like personal shit where I uh-huh. probably shouldn't be posting this on the upstate yeah. one. So mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to make my own. And then now I just like focus my actual energy and like, you know, memes and whatever else I want to do on my own. And then I feel like I just leave upstate in the dust because it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'll get around to posting this video or this thing about whatever. And I feel like Andy kind of similar, like, you're just like, I don't even post on here anymore. Like I don't care as much or I'm not getting as much from it or whatever. Like what we had a conversation a little while ago, you posted like three times in 2022 or something. No. Us. Yeah. I don't, it wasn't very many, but it used to, I was sort of like, 
it sounds like my story is similar to you guys and that my Instagram, my short Kong Instagram was me. And I shared so many, so much. And it was just mm -hmm. a, I think that, I think that when you, we were early to it, like we all were back then that, you know, um, Instagram started off like when I was posting, it was just photos. There was no story or reels or uh -huh. anything. Yeah. I don't think you could have video for a while there. It was just like a photo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we were in there doing it and there weren't as many ads. This The space wasn't as crowded and that's not, I'm not trying to make an excuse like, oh, you the know, it's The only saturated. thing that was in your feed was people you followed. Mm -hmm. Now it's, yeah, like, it a, now it's it was, like ad suggested people, like mm -hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. It's like, what is all this bullshit? I think that, you know, along the way, Instagram divided into three different things. And so now like Joanna and I were confused the other day because we were posting on hers and we're like, okay, well, if you post to reel, then it auto automatically posts to your, um, you can set it to post to have a feed post, but then how do you get it into story? And we're like, what the fuck? Like it just mm -hmm. this is a mess. And then there's some people that just sit there and watch story. They don't even look at your feed or a feed or their feed. That's me. Mm -hmm. And there's some people that look at feed. There's some people look at real. And then you're like, wait, all of the attention just got, got divided. Mm -hmm. And so where, so you're putting it across all three and then what? You know, like, and then half, so I used to put stuff out there and then people that followed us actually saw it. But now I don't know do, how many people see it, a hundred at the moment. And it's just crazy, you know? And so um, I think that you can get in that algorithm and as long as you're posting daily, you know, multiple yeah. times on multiple story, real feed, the whole thing, you've like, you've got to be in it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. but that's exactly they, why, that's exactly why I hired somebody just yeah. to even test it to be like, and I told him, I was like, let's do this for a month and just see what happens. Like, let's evaluate at the end and see what happens. And like I said, like now we have a plan of like, okay, every other day we're going to post. Well, every, yeah, every other day we're going to post twice a day, like photos or, you know, whatever. And then on the off day, we'll do a reel and then we'll do, you know, however many stories every day of the week and we'll see what happens. And then we'll play with the times a day and like whatever else. And again, it kind of sucks to do that because it sucks the fun out of it. But yeah. like if you're doing it as a business to pay to play, it's kind of like, all right, well, let's just try to get this. And then like whatever we got to do for the algorithm to get this in the front of as many of the faces of people that care about us and follow us. That's what we're doing. Like we're not mm -hmm. doing it to try to be like, oh, it's all business. I just want as many people that will want to see it to see it. So that's what we're trying. And, and like I said, it seems to be doing good. The only downfall to it to me is that like, it's not, and this is, sounds shitty, but like, it's not me. It's not my voice anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like people still comment and message on there too. And they think it's me, which is fine. And I log in once a day to like see those, but it's still like, it's another person who who's running. It's like, feel. Oh, so those, those picks that you sent, what, that wasn't yours. Those are me. Yeah. Those are just, I'm, those are just for you, but oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just like, that. that's, what's nice about having a personal. And like, if I was to say, look at things and be like, Oh, this is how I use Instagram anymore. It's always stories. Yeah. Like stories for me is like, I'll post stories all day long, but, and I'll make an actual post, like maybe once every couple of weeks. And like when I scroll Instagram now, it's, I usually go through almost all the stories and then I, go through my feed a little bit and then I hit like a reel and then I'm just scrolling through random reels that are just stupid mm -hmm. shit that I'll send friends or whatever. But like actually going through everybody's post is not as common. Like it's not. So do you, really do you well. run, do you 
are you the sole person doing the stories or you're just one like the other person is doing stories as well they're doing this everything to do with upstate like the facebook yeah, Instagram, yeah got, all it, that. got it mm-hmm. uh i'm saying like for my personal i'll do stories all day long of like my own oh, shit gotcha. stupid stuff we've um, we've talked about splitting up just because they're kind of bifurcating things we've talked about doing that actually within the shop and having um gabby who is our print shop manager maybe just take over doing stories that have to do with things happening in the print shop because yeah we've noticed that we've gotten a lot of response to things that are just hey i'm cleaning out a screen and like people are like well what is that and uh we're like oh maybe that kind of unpolished just showing stuff going on in the shop is something that we should um try to bring back in by giving pieces of our social media to our print shop manager to kind of we do we do kind of that exact thing um basically i pay bill extra every week Mm -hmm. to take shop photo and video every day like Mm -hmm. i'm like try to get at least like 10 photos of stuff around the shop and maybe a video a day or a video every other day Uh, he's good at editing and all that other stuff he doesn't actually do the posting but what he does is he takes all these photos and videos every day puts Mm -hmm. them in a google drive of like the day's date and then the guy running the instagram and facebook goes into those folders every day and like pulls content to post Mm -hmm. is that person uh, i'm part of your team or are they doing that remotely the posting person and facebook and instagrams are remote but mm-hmm. Bill is obviously here doing all the photo and video all day. So that was the hard part is like you hire, you think about hiring a social person and a lot of shops that are people, I have friends of mine that I talk to about it is it's like someone who comes in, you know, a couple days a week, maybe for a couple hours, walks around, takes photos, whatever. But the hard part is then you have to schedule the cool stuff that you want to show <laughs> off to when they're going to be there and like all this other stuff. So my whole thing was I'll just have Bill do anything he thinks is relevant mm-hmm. and cool in the shop all day just dump i was told him i was like if you if it's stupid but like you think it's a cool shot or whatever just take a picture of it put it in the drive we'll make a decision at the end of the day if we want to like show it off or not mm-hmm. so the remote person just basically can do whatever they're doing all week and i don't have to have them here it's something i could pay separately if i don't have to put them on payroll mm-hmm. um and then it, it's like i said it's it's still testing for us like we've been doing it for maybe a week two weeks now but I personally think it's doing really well. Like I think mm-hmm. that it's a step in the right direction of our goal for this year of doing more outbound. I think it's part of the strategy. Are you guys on TikTok? No. There's well, uh technically we are, but it's I never Yeah, I just I we we have a TikTok and don't do too much with it, but I've our social media person has like showed me she's like, hey, here's some like printmaking stuff that's blowing up on tiktok and a lot of it is like very non-sequitur it's like a guy standing on top of his press like twirling around it has like millions of views um i might know who that is oh yeah, really we know, yeah. we, we know who that is oh okay she, <laughs> she she just said that i was like what a guy standing on a press twirling around it's getting millions of views. oh okay okay mm-hmm. i do know who that is too mm-hmm. um it just made me think, oh, there's probably a whole different set of parameters for TikTok. Pretty much everybody I've talked to, yeah. everybody I've talked to, and even people that are really good at TikTok with the screen printing thing, have almost all said it doesn't really convert to sales. 
that is the other thing. Yeah. 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 I could. They're like, basically it's, it's one of those things where it's like a pat on the back of like, Oh, this went viral and whatever. And it might draw people to their Instagram to get more likes and follows on Instagram. But they're like, it rarely actually converts to, I think TikTok is just like the fastest like way for people to just absorb bullshit. It's like, for me, I use TikTok when like, I'm in the bathroom or like I'm yeah. bored at the doctor's office or so. it's mm-hmm. just like, I'm just absorbing dumb, numb content. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't ever make me want to buy anything. It doesn't ever make me like want to save it as like, Oh, this is super interesting. It's always just yeah. like garbage, like fast paced entertainment stuff. And I just feel like that's what it is, is people yeah. probably see something to do. That's oh, that's cool printing. And then mm-hmm. they swipe instantly to the next thing. I definitely think there's a probably a growing disconnect between people who are successful at social media yet spend too much time and effort doing that and realizing at some point is not converting to sales. Cause there's also businesses that I know and like that don't have social media. They're B2B businesses yeah. that have been operating for 50 years with no social media yet. They, have great clients. They've been slowly growing over a period of time. Um, I feel like reorient sometimes to be like social media is not necessarily the only sales tool. And it, um, yeah, that's what I'm finding. And, and me and Andy, I think we're both guilty of this too. And I kind of came to the realization like a year or so ago. And I think that's kind of when I started to lose interest Mm -hmm. to a degree of like self-realization that I was doing this is I'm so into print industry stuff mm-hmm. and doing all this stuff that I feel like I was making posts that were more catering towards uh, other yeah. printers. Uh-huh. And then you yeah. realize you're like, like you kind of step back and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this as social and I'm talking to my print friends and all that's awesome. Like I'm yeah. not negating yeah. any of that. Totally, that's awesome. Totally. But it's to a degree. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm supposed to be trying to get new customers. Like, yeah, why I am I just showing off all this print stuff all the time when, like, customers don't give a fuck? No, I think that they do. I think that as long as it doesn't come across like you're showing off, like, maybe more authentic, like, hey, I mean, you described this a minute ago where you're in your shop and you made this video of, what would you say, you were, like, printing or cleaning a screen or doing something? And I think if you do that and you have your engagement let's say you have some engagement from your print industry friends that's fine but if you're scrolling through instagram and i and i come across your shop and that feed and i see that engagement i'm more inclined as a customer to say hey wait these guys are cool they know what they're doing it's they're legit Mm -hmm. you have credibility even though you're within yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's like maybe i call you you know maybe i don't like engage with you and comment and say wow that's sick or whatever but i call you and say hey i need 100 shirts so i think that it works still I think that but it, you know. the problem is, is that I was doing that all the time. Like what I wasn't doing is shit that I think I should mix in where it's kind of like um, there's a couple shops that are really good at this and I won't necessarily say their name or whatever, but there's a couple that are really good at like doing the print stuff. But a lot of their content is like product showcasing or, you know, something about just order process and stuff like this not just like mm-hmm. here's a video of something on press all the time or here's a photo of a shirt or here's cleaning a screen or whatever mm-hmm. like i am at the point now me and bill had a long talk about this yesterday because we had a live print together yesterday and we talked a lot about work stuff was i was like i really want to get back to making content specifically for the customer 
Hmm. Like, you know, hey, here's our 2023, like, top items we like to use. Like, here's how to place a good order. Here's, and we used to do this a long time ago of, like, here's the best way to order band merch to start from, like, the lowest amount of money invested to growing it to where it, you know, Mm -hmm. you have a ton Mm -hmm. of merch, whatever. Like, I want to start doing more of that. And I wasn't doing that. I was just constantly just like showing off prints or fucking halftone detail. And like, and that's cool. That's fine. I just feel like I needed these two years of the pandemic and stuff to be like, get to where I am now of like a reset to be like, I need to reevaluate social media and marketing and outbound, like all this other stuff. So I, I honestly feel really good about it right now. Like, I feel like I'm doing things that are true to us, but also how things work in 2023, 2024. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So all that being said, you did mention something I also want to talk about that I don't know jack shit about was the Bitcoin. Oh yeah. (laughs) Well, I, I bought bitcoins when they were worth not a lot of money. I or actually, I had a I had a friend um, who told me, "Hey, do you know you can buy drugs on the internet?" <laughs> and I was like, "Please tell me more about this." Um, so there was a dark website called the Silk Road. <laughs> Did you ever hear about that? I've heard of it before. Yeah. So. I think it was the first marketplace that you could use Bitcoin and they would literally just be pictures of drugs with a Bitcoin price. Um, and you could buy it. And he, he's like, I have this hallucinogenic chemical, you know, that. Was it I, because it's untraceable? Yes. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. Which I think now in retrospect, it's not totally untraceable, but you know, they can trace the wallet and stuff like that, but uh, it, it's used because it's untraceable. Um, I believe that you would you would have to give the seller your address and they send it to you. So it's definitely. Um, so did you did you just buy Bitcoin to use that website and then yeah, you so just had I, it sitting there for so long? Yeah. And I never actually figured I never could figure out how to get on the website and buy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. So in in order to buy them at the time, you had to like, he, he sent me some, here's what you have to do. You're going to wire the money to some bank in Romania. And then, you know, and like, I was like, Hey, can, can I give you $250 and you just give me $200 worth of Bitcoin, do the process for me. He's like, Oh, sure. So then he's like, set up a wallet. I'll send you $200 worth of Bitcoin. And so he did that. And then I could never figure out how to get into the website. And um, so I had, I think it was like 10, 10 Bitcoins at the time. And when I bought them, they're worth $200. And then um, the longer I didn't figure out how to use them, the longer they accrued, they became worth money. Um, so at a certain point, I was like, whoa, these things are worth <laughs> like four grand or something. So I, uh, and then by that time, Bitcoin had, there's a little more infrastructure to it. So I was able to, I think, create like a Coinbase account, which is a, you know, it just connects to your bank account. And I was able to, I sold them over time to not to finance um, getting screen printing equipment. <laughs> and so, I actually had, yeah. So I the actually investment into drugs run. that yeah. didn't end up panning out actually uh-huh. got you your business. Yeah. So try to buy drugs. <laughs> be lazy everything will pan out 
Exactly. That's how it should work. Yeah. <laughs> Do you um, play around with that stuff anymore at all? Or was that just I, like, I a, still like have, a coincidence? It, no, I, so even at that time, I, I was like, all right, man, what's the next big thing? And he's like, this thing called Litecoin, this other coin. I was like, okay, like buy me some Litecoin. Um, so I kept that. And a similar thing happened where I was like, well, lesson learned. Don't try to buy and sell it each day to arbitrage cryptocurrency, which I'm, you know. So I was like, okay, I'll buy some of those Litecoins. I'll buy $200 worth of Litecoins. I'll let those sit there. And then... Um, that was on my computer. That computer died, but I knew inside that computer, there was these light coins. So I just kept that computer for a number of years. And one time I checked it and I was like, Oh my God, this is worth $5,000. So I took my computer, took the hard drive out, put it in a different computer and it started up. And, um, I had just, gone to a dentist and knew I was going to have to get oral surgery for, um, <laughs> an infected, uh, wisdom tooth. So I was trying to be like, how am I going to finance this time to break out that computer? So I was able to get that working, download those Litecoins, and, um, <laughs> just spend the total, whatever the total amount was, it was around four grand or something all went into filling cavities, getting oral surgery. But like, I was so thankful. I had that weird thing left. To, um, That's so awesome. I don't know jack shit about cryptocurrency or any of that. I feel like it was so all over the place in your face for so long. And now I yeah. never hear about it at all. I know. Well, it's because I think you hear about it when it's people are using it as an investment vehicle. And that's something that's going to go up and down and then you got to pay attention to it. I think if when Bitcoin or any cryptocurrency became an actual currency, you can use day to day. People wouldn't be that excited about it. Or talk about it. Um, Cause if it's wildly swinging up and down, there's no point in using it as a currency. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't know how I feel about it. I mean, Andy, I think people are way too into it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, do you have any questions for us at all? Are you guys going to ISS this year? Long Beach, always. I yeah. feel like what the last two, three years we've gone to like every show and uh -huh. I keep getting things now with like, oh, ISS Fort Worth, ISS this. And I'm like, ah. I think I'm I, I, I think went I'm through a similar thing of trying to go as many as possible. And now ISS Long Beach was the original one I started going to which I've met both of you at. I don't know if you remember that, but mm -hmm. um, on the, uh, the Ryanet boat, maybe. <laughs> Were you guys on the Ryanet uh, they three did hour the boat, tour? On the... They did the boat, what, two years, maybe? Three years? Uh, oh, okay. Last year it was docked. Yeah, I, and I didn't go last year. Didn't go last about year. That, but, I, I did the one, I did the one couple years ago where we went mm -hmm. out and came back and Ryan played like acoustic downstairs. I remember because I was egging him uh -huh. to play his poop song or whatever. <laughs> um, my, my favorite Ryan at party was when it was outside the convention center. With the, the sublime one. Sublime. Yeah, that was, I, I was that one way was. more into the boat. Really? Mm. Yeah. But okay. I guess I also snuck onto the boat 
I had um, Glenn from um, Windmill? Windmill City. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, man, can you get me in? He's like, all right. You just see <laughs> so, you swimming out. The boat's like already <laughs> way out and just fucking paddling. So I think maybe personally, I was like, yeah, I snuck into the big leagues. Um, so maybe he was free to get was, on. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think sure you had to have you had to reserve a spot though via some. I probably mm-hmm. asked me to sneak me in, and he just put a plus one on you know whatever mm-hmm. it was free to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, Andy, do you want to do some over unders? Yeah, let's do it. So we have nine things here, mm-hmm. and you let us know if they're overrated, underrated, or properly rated. Number one, mm. first thing is quesadillas. Uh, properly rated. It depends on the quesadilla. I feel like every place is totally different. And some are super... I like quesadillas that have a lot of stuff in them. Like oh. peppers, onions. Uh, Loaded. Like, like chicken, the sauce, everything. There's, I feel like there's so many places you go to and it's just bland ass like Colby cheese melted with chicken chunks in it. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is gross as fuck. I really like the cheese on the outside that gets crispy. Yeah. And so a lot of times I just sprinkle cheese in the pan and make Mm. my quesadilla with that. So it has like a crunchy skin. Sounds amazing. Um, All right. So this one is from Joanne. Number two is using your turn indicators. (laughs) I always do it. And I learned something not that long ago. Actually, Christina told me about it where on my car, you can like half click it. It's not even a click. It's you just don't know you this? flick it and it only does three blinks. Yeah. Then what? You know, like on the highway, you can like just what? shift lanes without like fully pulling it down. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, because and then otherwise like, you got to put it back up. Yeah, yeah. It's well, annoying. no, mine auto goes back up, but it's like. Not when you're just changing lanes on the highway. Maybe not. I don't know. I'm just so used to it. It's like, my thing is, is I do it so much that if there's a sharp turn in a road, sometimes I turn my (laughs) blinker on to do the sharp turn, which is weird. I kind of think she was, she said that because she had people, she doesn't like when other people don't use them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hate that. That's so annoying. Yeah. You know, it's also, this is a side note on that, but like my car, my new car has such good low beams that everybody thinks they're high beams and people get pissed at me constantly. Like they're mm. constantly got past somebody on the highway. They immediately speed up, get right on my ass and turn their high beams on. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, this is not like, these are not my high beams. And then I turn my high beams on and they realize that like, Oh, he just has really weird low beams. And then and they, they back bad. off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're underrated. Underrated. Using- underrated. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next, we have vices. So an actual like a vice that you would have on a tool, like a workbench. No. Underrated. You can do so much in a vice. Yeah, I would say underrated if people don't realize they're very useful. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, good answer. I like that. (laughs) I feel Um, like my dad, well, I I have multiple, but like I remember specifically growing up, my dad had, and this goes back to, pre-internet and cell phones my dad had one in his garage and i would constantly go find shit like in the yard or a rock or something i would always put it in the vice and take out his grinder and just like 
grind it down. I would find like a cool stick and I would like carve shit into it. And I would always use the device. And I love that thing. Okay. So underrated for sure. Underrated. <laughs> <laughs> Next we have faux plants. Fucking overrated. Underrated. I love yes, faux plants. I'm with you. Because <laughs> why? What what what's your reason? I I like faux plants. Like I like them even to look a little fake. Oh, the faker the better. <laughs> the well, the better. I like the like uncanny valley with plants where it's like you get a little you're like, oh, that's fake. That couldn't <laughs> exist in real life. I I like real plants. I like taking care of real things. Like I have real plants on my windowsill over here, but I also love the new Lego plants. I Lego plants. I have one. Yeah, I have one. I got one for my birthday. I have one on my kitchen table. Did you put it and, together uh, already? Yeah. Okay. Well, my yeah. daughter made a my daughter made a vase in school. It's like this weird, creepy creature, but it, she got it for me for my apartment. And then when we went to Legoland, I was like, I have to get these Lego flowers to put in it because mm-hmm. they'll never die. It'll always look cool. Mm-hmm. That's a full plan. Yeah, but it's, yeah, it's plastic plan. Okay, so that qualifies. Yeah, and, and, it, I mean, and it's it and looks it's fake. A, super fake. Yeah, super yeah. fake. <laughs> yeah, I think that they're underrated because. While it's true, um, I prefer a real, uh, like a, an actual living, breathing mm-hmm. cell plant that's in our house. We have lots of them, but we also have fake ones. And I think that, and we have them here at the shop even. And I think mm-hmm. that they provide visually, they provide you some sort of calm, like they're calming, like just to see we're in concrete. We have concrete You're buying floors. into the matrix. Mm-hmm. You're buying into the matrix. Buying in the matrix. Fucking- there's concrete floors. There's mm-hmm. steel beams. There's... Mm-hmm. You know, like big ass uh, plants. Well, I mean, the green bringing it, like bringing it, bringing. You probably in. like fake tits too, don't you? No, no, no I'm not a, I'm not you a fake. A bitch. No, that's not my thing. <laughs> but uh, nothing against it. It's just that's not my thing. So anyway, yeah. Next, Epsom baths. Epsom salt. Yep, in a bath though. Never done it. I don't take baths. Bath salts. <laughs> bath salts. He's just straight to bath um, salts. Only, only the ones you buy the Bitcoin, though. Like the ones that... Yeah. <laughs> the uh, ones. At the weird gas stations. That, mm. uh, I don't know. I'd say overrated. Oof. That hurts. Andy does one like every night, probably. <laughs> so does um, it... Um, that's I know people who do it a lot. What's mm. the benefit? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but it's good. <laughs> leave it at that. I used to do them. I used to do them when I was a kid just for my feet. Yeah. But that was to like fight off like I had. Uh, this is not this is a weird story, but I had a ton of ingrown toenails when I was a kid. Huh. And the doctor always made me after I got them like fixed or cleaned or whatever. They would mm-hmm. always make me do like two weeks of like Epsom salt soaking well, I don't. I don't know look, what it was for. Other than I don't like ask questions. Shit, probably, I don't care. But it feels good. It's good for you, and I've done it this whole week. Uh, I haven't taken a bath all summer because it's why it's hot. You know, like that's more of a winter thing. Hmm. But I started earlier in the week, and it's really relaxing. You know, I, okay. I highly highly recommend it. You Next, do, we have. No, oh, wait, what, is it a cold you... bath? Is it a cold episode? No, 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 no. Hot. Okay. Yeah, it's very hot. Candles lit. 
Roses. Got the candles, got the rubber ducks. Dylan, mm-hmm. when you get to town, we'll do an episode. I'm gonna take it. Want to do a bath together? Yeah, let's do that. I'll, right. I'll, I'll, I'll let me know when you're close. I'll, I'll run the water. The Custom- trick with a bath with me is that you have to have a little bit of water because when I get in, it's gonna go over the edge. <laughs> That's fine. We got tile down. It'll if we get a little okay. messy, it's okay. All right. All right. All right. Next, we have custom printed boxes. Oh, underrated. Yeah, underrated. I do also feel that there's a lot of really cool fucking printed boxes out there. But I really like when people go the extra mile to do things on the boxes that you wouldn't normally think of. Like, I don't know, like weird instructions or inside the flaps or a way to reuse the box or something. It's not just your logo. It's not just a logo on the side, but it's like the whole box has like a theme and a feel and like Mm -hmm. extra stuff on it. I, I feel like some, I was at Denial yeah. recently and he had a bunch of shit on his box that was really cool. Uh, at Windmill City, they got tape made that specifically references that they're reusing boxes whenever they're reusing boxes. So it has their branding on it and it contextualizes, you know, the old Gildan box that they might be reusing mm-hmm. into a customer appreciating that they're using a um, a box they had at their a shop that's box, not yeah. Like yeah, recycled box repurposed so i thought that was really creative that they used that tape and put it all over it so it recontextualizes you know some junky boxes into something where people might commend you for recycling i'm all for that i i'm in a weird spot with the boxes just because i think that it is nice to reuse but it's also we've had this debate a couple times but it's our biggest thing with getting the boxes was they're nicer they're cleaner but also mm-hmm. there's specific sizes for the orders that are going oh, out. So that yeah. we're using mm-hmm. the smallest footprint per order, which obviously is the best for UPS because it's dimensional weight, not actual mm-hmm. weight of the package. So I don't know. I feel like as long as they're actually recycling the boxes that we're recycling, I'm happy. If they were just going in a landfill, then I would feel bad about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Number seven, lucky seven, luck. Like the scratch off ticket? Just luck. How do I feel about luck? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm going to let you go first, Pat. I think it's, oh man. I say fuck luck. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat but definitely you gotta take advantage of lucky things that happen so what is that what is that saying i'm gonna i don't remember it's something like luck is opportunity meets being prepared or something where it's like you can take advantage of a situation because yeah Uh you're prepared there's one depend on the luck yeah there's one that's sort of like that that goes the harder you work the luckier you get yeah i just think you i feel like there's too many people out there that put their faith in it not being their fault or it's not Uh their whatever and i feel like a lot of people use that as a crutch whereas i think if you're just a good fucking person and you do good things for people when you feel like you should do a good thing and you work hard that you do end up with more opportunities and luck Mm -hmm. because 
you're just doing good. Like you're doing the right thing and you're in the right path. And then people are like, Oh, he's lucky. It's like, no, I fucking work my ass off and I put myself in situations that are good situations. I'm not constantly doing negative, mm. bad things. That sounds more like, like karma, maybe a karma. Yeah. Thing. But I, oh. I feel like people say I got lucky with this or whatever. And I feel like it's most people that feel lucky or seem lucky or because they're, I don't know, in a good spot. Hmm. But I yeah. think you need to make it. I think you, I, I feel like the people who use the term luck are the people who are just like Debbie Downers that are like, hmm. I never have any luck. That's a real man luck. makes his own luck. Exactly. Yeah. And, or woman. Billy Zane, Titanic. That's mm -hmm. an office quote. <laughs> um, all right. Are we done with the luck part? Or you got some bad? I think we're all uh, on the same page. I was just going to say, we had bad luck. Our shop got robbed. Then I got to come on the shirt show. Yeah, See, there, you there you go. No, so, I but that that's I don't know how that. You know. That was opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He set his own robbery up, like he planned. Yeah, yeah. It was his and the goal. Stole his own shirts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number eight, we have Crocs. Oh. I personally don't like them, but they're awesome for kids. Yeah, man, I'd say currently overrated i wear crocs i used to i used to make i made like stickers about how crocs sucked <laughs> so but they're like totally useful but i I'd, i've seen too many like croc collabs lately where i'm like it's too far it's too far mm -hmm. you like gotta, a lisa frank croc yeah we, me and my mm -hmm. daughter went to the mall for her birthday and they had lisa frank crocs and I was looking at them and they were a hundred dollars. Yeah, dude, Lisa Frank's back. I know, but a hundred dollars for a pair of Crocs? Are you fucking kidding me? I know. Yeah, the whole thing is that they're great because they're cheap and they're economical. I'm yeah. saying that like I know they get hate because they're ugly as fuck, but like mm -hmm. I have two kids that are constantly like playing outside or we're going to the lake or we're doing this, and they work in all scenarios. And oh, then the best part yeah, about it is the yeah. end of the day. No matter what they fucking do in them, I can wash them in the sink and dry them mm -hmm. like a dish. And then they're fucking brand new again. Well, the they're, next day. they're originally meant for boats, right? Like, um, oh. they float like and boat like, life. Like, instead of wearing water shoes, they can wear their Crocs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the movie oh. Idiocracy, they bought yeah. Crocs for everyone to wear in the, <laughs> the, 2036 or whatever time period they're in because they thought it was the stupidest looking shoe. I think that was their big break. That's how they got lucky. <laughs> okay, next. I, I, yeah. Wait, I have Pro a pair of Crocs that I left outside, not in direct sunlight, that shrunk over a period of three weeks to the size where they fit my wife's feet. Really? <laughs> and I have, I had no idea that Crocs would shrink in high temperature heat so just a little tip if you want to hand them down to your kids or something I mean, just you are in the sun melt, put them in the oven for yeah, put them in the oven yeah 320 for 10 minutes yeah. and you go down two sizes mm -hmm. all right guys last but not least we have embroidery mm. <laughs> i want to say overrated but i don't know why I have a love hate for embroidery. I think, th uh, yeah, I think we 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 contract our embroidery, 
And I think finding partners for embroidery and being able to offer it our clients was a big goal for a while. And now I think we have started doing some heat pressing of hats where it's appropriate. And so it's like gone down a little bit and trying to figure out some hats that might look good heat pressed. I don't know. Heat pressed, you mean uh, with a screen print transfer or with a patch? Oh, uh, actually. I love both. patches. Yeah, I, I think both. Because um, we still do some trucker hats with super color transfers. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'm like, oh, that looks great. You know? Yeah. Right. I don't want to comment. Well, you can say properly rated, you know, yeah. because then you're uh, kind of just in the middle. Rated. Embroidery, hey, give it, give it. I don't like it. I don't care. <laughs> if I had a choice, if I had a button to push where embroidery would exist or not exist, and nobody was looking, I would probably pick not exist. <laughs> so overrated. There huh. we go. There's your answer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get some hate on that one probably, but whatever. yeah. Was that the last I'm one? Not, I'm just not in that world. Like, I don't yeah. I don't care about it. We get customers all the time that order a fuckload of shirts, and they order, like, 10 hats. And then I always have to send it to the lady across the street, which is totally fine. Like, she does a great mm -hmm. job. But it's, like, it's out of my hands. There's always sometimes there's an issue with it or whatever. And I'm, like, God, like, we did our part. 99% of this mm -hmm. order is done correctly. Why is there just one thing that's just a fucking pain in the ass, doesn't look good, doesn't hold the line or whatever? And it's just, like... I know people are going to comment like, oh, it's just because you don't know about embroidery. You don't fucking whatever. I don't care. I just don't want it. I don't I don't care about it. Also, if embroidery went away, I probably wouldn't get sales call every day from people who want to digitize things. Digitizing. Yes. And then that would if anyone could just take those calls away and support whatever happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Was that number nine? That was number nine. So, Patrick, cheers to no more breaking and entering oh yeah and i did think of a question if you're still open oh. yeah yeah we got yeah. so we have no uh pneumatic or air powered tools in our shop well obviously we have a huge compressor mm -hmm. and um i was just looking at some air powered tools and was seeing if there's anything that you recommended changing in your shop to be their eat be pneumatic or like as far as like printing? As far as printing or even... Um, I think it means like drills and things, you know, like at a mechanic yeah. shop maybe. Yeah. Is there anything that you have hooked up that uh, I was runs say on if air? It was, that... If it was printing, I think the best things that we have that run on air would be the autocoder. I love that. I love that mm -hmm. that runs on air. Switching everything over to the pneumatic heat presses was awesome. Oh, okay. Uh, I love having that feature, like those, mm -hmm. those fucking roll... Um, but as far as air tools, I think the number one used air tool here would just be like the, like the air, uh, the air gun to yeah. like out, clean yeah. the presses or mm. whatever. Um, but as far as other tools, I don't know. I don't really okay. have anything okay. here that, that I run on, but like, I love air things just because you can regulate them so well and, mm -hmm. I think the air gun is amazing. Like, you clean the whole shop with the fucking thing. Mm -hmm. So, cool. I don't know. That's my take on it. I know Andy's got some tools. Mm. And 
We only have like kind of what you said with the air gun and then um, to bump up tires, you know, just like a tire. Pump. But I think other tools that you have are nice. Like you use the air blower, like the oh, battery yeah. blower. Cordless, mm-hmm. yeah. And now you have the pressure washer handle to clean your floors. We do have mm-hmm. that. And we have, um, it's not pneumatic, but it's the Ryobi grease pump, you know? So like yeah. we, I, yeah. I, you know, it's a huge hassle to put the uh, fitting over the Zerk fitting and then to pump at the same time with the things that uh, never work. Mm-hmm. And so we got it. So where you just pull the trigger and it pumps grease oh. into your press. It's really cool. Yeah. We have two cool. of them actually. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hot, one for hot, you mm-hmm. know, like one for the super lube and then one for the hot temp grease for the dryers cool. and stuff. So that's really great yeah. to have. I love those. Super lube. Super lube. <laughs> Best name ever. Um, but yeah, dude, thank you. Uh, thank you for coming on and hanging out with us. Uh, yeah, my pleasure. This is always, this is like one on my bucket list. So, oh, hell yeah. I'm glad to be a part Can of I give a shout bucket. out to um, people that will be listening to this show? Yeah. There's uh, Nicholas Robinson, who was our old shop manager, and What's Joseph up, Silbar, another old shop manager, and uh, Gabrielle, who is our current shop manager here. So many shop managers. Yeah. Well, those are the people I'd listen to this podcast with. So. <laughs> well, hell yeah. Yeah, that's Thanks. bullshit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, I need to check out your your cream gear. Yeah, I we can send you a you little uh, a little tusty summer fun club package. What do they print it on? Like I'm that guy who always asks, like, what is this printed on? Um you, you can tell me actually, off camera if you don't want people to know. No, I mean, I, I think one of them is a is a guild and hammer tee, which is well, there you go, um, which I like. Um, yeah, I like the hammer tees. Do you remember? I still have a guild and hammer that was made by American Apparel that they're giving out at as a sample at ISS like seven years ago or something. Hmm. So I keep it. It's like a vintage. Uh, mm. Um. The seventeen seventeen is my. If someone tells me they're printing it on an independent hoodie, yeah. the lightweight one or the uh, comfort seventeen seventeen, I'm guaranteed to snag it. But that's cool. about the only thing that fits my large torso, mm-hmm. human body. So we have. Uh, I know we did some ringer tees in this one, and that was. I actually don't know which one was chosen because we had a few trying to figure out the fit. Remember one of them had a giant collar. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll I'll get on there and see what's see what's up. Okay. And love I'd love to, to come visit your all shop sometime when I can. Yeah. Anytime. I actually I actually have a uh, Becker Supplies uh, going to stop in as soon as this episode's over. Ooh. So I'm happy to Tell see those, those guys. guys. I said hello. Well. But hey, man, we'll see you. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. See ya. Thanks for having me.